How to Read a Book by Mortimer J. Adler. One sentence summary. How to Read a Book is a 1940 classic teaching you how to become a more active reader and deliberately practice the various stages of reading in order to maximize the value you get from books. My favorite quote from the author is True freedom is impossible without a mind made free by discipline. Mortimer J. Adler Mortimer J. Adler was a popular American philosopher, author and educator who worked at various prestigious universities like Columbia and the University of Chicago as well as some ed educational institutions like the Encyclopedia Britannica and his own Institute for Philosophical Research. When he died in 2001, aged exactly 98 and a half years old, he left behind a massive body of work in service of making philosophy more accessible to the masses. One of his most popular pieces is this book, which teaches you how to get the most out of reading non-fiction. For example, when you have to, for school, work, or just plain want to get smarter. It dissects reading into its various stages and shows you how to think about information critically. Here are my three main takeaways from the book. 1. Always inspect books before you read them. 2. Analyze a book's main theme and the author's intentions to get the big picture. 3. Question every book's importance and logic. Do you want to hone your reading skills so you'll get more out of every future book you read? Let's get to it. How to read a book lesson 1. Do an inspectional read every time you want to pick up a new book. This answers the question, what is the first thing you should do when wanting to read a new nonfiction book? Most people want to save time on books by learning how to speed read. I always tell them not to, to be okay with reading slowly. The one thing I've learned about saving time on books is that it doesn't happen while reading. Where you save time is in deciding what you'll read in the first place. Sadly, a lot of nonfiction books don't really warrant being read from cover to cover. And this is where what Mortimer J. Adler calls inspectional reading comes in. The goal of an inspectional read is to answer two questions. Question number one, what is this book about? And question number two, what kind of book is this? You can do this by skim reading the following sections. First, the title page. Second, the editor's blurb. Third, the cover text. Fourth, the table of contents. And fifth, the introductory sections and important paragraphs of chapters that interest you. After you've done that, you'll have a pretty good idea of whether this book deserves your full attention. If you do decide to read it cover to cover, read it entirely, but don't look up things you don't understand. This is what slows you down and makes the book painful to get through. Even without understanding everything, knowing what the entirety of the text is about will help you dig deeper into these things later. How to read a book, lesson 2. Try to find the main theme and author's intentions by analyzing a book in detail. This answers the question, how can we find the big picture inside a book? This is where analytical reading comes in. Once you've read the book, you can really analyze it. This is where taking notes, highlighting, summarizing, and thinking long and hard about the content become the tools of your trade. First, you should answer this question. What was the author's aim when he or she decided to write a book with this title? Looking at the title will not only make it dead simple for you to categorize the book, for example into maths, history, how-to or self-help, but remembering the main goal of the book will later help you connect complex ideas back to the overarching theme. 
Then you can go on to unravel the book's main theme by trying to summarize its content in a few sentences and writing down all the different themes and subplots. It'll help a lot to create a mind map of how those relate to each other, so you can see how the various parts of the book relate to each other and the whole. For example, A Christmas Carol is set in five staves. You could summarize it briefly by saying, first, Scrooge is visited by the ghost of his former business partner and warned about this fu his future. Then, he's shown the past, present and future by three ghosts, which causes him to change and go from greedy miser to generous giver. In an x-ray, this plot would resemble the bones of the book, whereas the exact structure, potential subplots and other recurring themes would be more like the book's flesh. Important too, but useless if you don't know what's going on underneath. How to read a book, lesson 3. Ask more questions about books, critically thinking about their importance and logic. This answers the question, how can we decide which information from book for books is important and applies to us. Inspectional and analytical reading help you read more selectively and to understand what you read better. However, the most important lesson about reading books in general, I think, is this. Always question a book's significance and logic. Even if you select well, it does you no good to remember the content of a book that's irrelevant. And even if you've understood everything correctly, that means nothing if the book's logic is inherently flawed. After you close and put down a book, ask these two things. 1. Is this true? And if it is, 2. So what? Checking the book's logic should come first, because if it doesn't hold up, it's obviously irrelevant. You can do that by checking if there are contradictory statements at different points in the book, if arguments are left incomplete, or if the book somehow fails to answer the main questions it poses. Then you can go on to criticize the book, but only if you've understood it well and aren't emotional about it. For example, just today someone who's vegan said my critique review of a book about a vegan diet was opinionated, which is of course an opinionated statement in itself, since he obviously felt emotionally offended by my review. Not a good basis for judgment. Don't disagree on principle and don't agree because it feels right. Make up your own objective mind and then decide. My personal takeaways from how to read a book for 2017. Okay, this book is awesome. I have used parts of this summary uh, and lessons I learned from this book in my complete guide to reading, which was the first or one of the first media members featured posts. Um, and the first one I wrote for that particular program. Um, I think there's another book, and I'm trying to think which one it is. I, it might be 10 Days to Faster Reading by Abby Mark Spiel, but I'm not 100% sure, that had a very similar lesson one, which was, the gist of it was, well, I like to say, read it when you need it. So, for nonfiction, right? Obviously, fiction you read for different reasons, but with nonfiction, I go by the line of read it when you need it. So consume these books just in time. Don't, I don't know, there's this movement out there of like re reading 100, 200, 300 books a year. And I think these people, if they're aware of what they're doing and why they're doing it, that's okay. But this sort of creates the idea that the more you read, the better, which isn't true. The times when I read the most were the times when I did the least. And 
One, this comes, of course, from because I spend a lot of time reading, I have less time I can spend doing. Like, for example, I couldn't record these summaries if I was reading a chapter in a book right now. But, uh, so that's just one aspect. But it also means I'm taking in a lot of information, which leads to a lot of thinking about that information, when I actually might never use that information or definitely not need it at that point in time, right? So if you have a marketing problem, problem you also you shouldn't read non-fiction books all the time year round um if you don't have anything to apply them to right like what's the point of reading books about sales if you don't work in sales and your company's sales department is doing fine or why or when do you read a marketing book or when do you read a growth hacking book well if you have a startup to launch or a new product you want to introduce or actually like you need growth hacking results that's when you need to read a growth hacking book you don't just read a growth hacking book if you're i don't know an artist and you have painted only three paintings right so obviously just in time information read it when you need it uh read less of the stuff you don't need to and um yeah, that's the that's one of the biggest ways of saving time on books. Actually, people ask me all the time, like, I want to read faster, blah blah blah. I'm like, why don't you just read less? Like, do stuff. Um, again, the two questions: What is this book about? What kind of book is this? Really important. Another important factor I like to test is how old is the book, because usually older books are better. Like, I would prefer a two thousand year old Stoic philosophy book over a pop science productivity book any day of the week. Because with these pop science books, they have a really hype, high hype curve, uh, and they quickly fall. And yeah, some books stand the test of time, but eh, very few. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in 2000 years. Like, will this still be valuable information? Or is it just a snapshot of what's going on today? Because most books are like that. So the older the book, the more tested its knowledge and uh, its wisdom is. Um, second lesson, yeah, how you mind map, how you structure these things, that's really up to you. What I like to do is to read in one go, highlight as I go, just literally what stands out to me. And then uh, on a second pass, once I'm done with the book, go back through, look at my highlights, look at skim the chapters again, and then take notes based on that and like written notes. I take those out only after and highlighting is what I'm doing during. And then I can summarize those notes I have in the end in either a written text like this summary or um, I can make like one or two pages. I try to limit myself where it's just like jotted down notes and then I can recap the entire book within a single page. I think that's really uh, helpful if you're trying to summarize books and condense information. And lastly, no matter how good a job again you do at selecting, uh, when you close the book, always ask, was this really well relevant? Is this really true? And even if it's true, does that mean anything? Does that mean I have to act on something? Do I have to do something with this information right now? Right? And that's where the advantage comes back. Because when you know you have a marketing problem, you need to set up a campaign and then you read a book about, um, well, setting up a marketing campaign that you already know that the uh, information is going to be relevant to you right then and there. Um, if you don't have to ask that question, this sort of, if this is true, does it help me? When you can skip that because you've determined it up front, that also saves you a lot of time, right? Because if you close a book and afterwards you think like, 
Okay, I mean, like, the saw sounded good, sounded reasonable, like, it's true, but, um, yeah, what now? Like, does that change anything? Do Would I do anything differently because of it? And so on. And so the books I read now, um, or reread even, I try to focus on those that are relevant to me right then and there, and that are actually contain meaningful information, which is going to be specific to my situation. So I don't end up in this opinionated circle of like, yeah, this is good because blah, 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 blah. So I hope this was helpful. Uh, I hope you'll pick up some of these lessons. And most of all, I hope you will think more about when and where to read and how much to do. Because really, don't just read for the sake of reading. Again, when it comes to nonfiction, read it when you need it. And I will see you on the next summary.